0: By Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Welcome, welcome to Game Over Calgary. It's the first time that I'm doing this one. I'm used to Game Over Montreal, but you know what? If you doubt my credentials, I'll see if I can find during the stream. I've got a picture of me during my uh, grade 12 grad trip wearing a uh, Blasty hoodie back when Blasty was around the first time. So. I've got, I've got Flames credentials in there somewhere. I grew up partially in Alberta, so I do know a bit about the Calgary Flames, but I will say this is the first full Flames game that I've watched this season, and I've got some takes for you. I've got some takes. I will say that the Flames on this Black Friday in the U.S. gave us a deal, 40% off the effort. All right, uh, we've got a great show for you today. Unfortunate loss for the Flames, but we've got Ian Olin from Russian Machine Never Breaks, which is fantastic. It's great to talk to Ian for the first time uh, off of Twitter, really, and uh, that's going to be really fun. But before we get into the show, we got to tell you, think you know the wit- what way it's going to go. I thought so earlier today when I thought the uh, Carolina Hurricanes were going to beat the Boston Bruins, but uh, the Bruins are the Bruins and came back and won that one down 2-0 to 3-2 in overtime. Make your best bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's the World Cup, hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. You want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Now I know that you guys are probably missing Audie and Peter, but we got a great guest I'm going to bring in right now. Longtime friend of SDPN, Ian Oland. Ian, how you doing? Oh, I'm going to have to switch you on Zoom here because it's capturing the wrong thing. There we go. Should be good. How's it going?
1: i um, You know what? I'm doing great. Um, as bad as Flames fans are feeling today, this was probably one of the best games the Capitals have played all year, and they've had a lot of stinkers. So I needed that for my soul. Um, but yeah, uh, it was. Uh, Kind of one-sided. Uh, the first period, I thought uh, Calgary was pretty excellent, but just couldn't put the puck in the net. Uh, I was telling you beforehand that I thought they, it seemed like they were struggling with the Capital One Arena bad ice. Uh, just, they just could not put string good plays together at all.
0: Yeah, and I, that, that is something like one of the things that I look at when I look at uh, what team is playing better is who's getting their passes through. And the Calgary Flames could not, after the first period, could not make a pass. Whether it was great stick position from the, uh, the Washington Capitals, who I, I thought really played a great defensive hockey game tonight, uh, especially in, in front of their net, made things pretty easy for Darcy Kemper, even though he made some uh, fantastic saves in this shutout. But the Capitals, every time they gained the zone against Calgary, even in the first period where they only had you know, like a couple of decent chances, it was either a from below the goal line into the high slot, Low to high pass, one timer, or across the Royal Road, one timer. Like it was all these great plays where you could tell from the outset that even if uh, the Capitals weren't getting the possession that they wanted, they were getting the shots they wanted.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And the Capitals have been playing different since TJ Oshie came back. Uh, I didn't really quite appreciate what kind of impact a healthy TJ Oshie was for the Caps. Uh, They went from a team that looked like one of the worst in the entire league. uh, to he's been involved in, uh, I believe, every regulation goal the Caps have scored. uh, I'm not sure he did on the Ovi one, but he's been involved in pretty much every goal they've scored the last two games. And he's brought an energy back to this team that they badly needed. The team's also playing a much better uh, defensive hockey uh, with their forwards. And I think that's had uh a a huge impact and you know what we can't we can't undersell the fact that it was a reverse reverse retro night for them uh i think they have i think they have the top selling reverse retro again i'm wearing this great ugly fit today for the for the uh for the show so uh you know all in all it was a great day and again i'm so sorry that that we're not speaking on uh, better uh, circumstances, Flames fans. But uh, thanks for having me. Definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure it, it would have been a more exciting game from Flames. You could even like stomach the loss, right? But I feel like this is one yeah. that the Flames really needed to win to get this road trip feeling a little better. Mm-hmm. I know they had a really tight game against the Penguins, where that one went to overtime, and the Penguins just kind—I of, think it went to shootout actually—and the Penguins won in the shootout. But the Flames have played a lot of games this season where they've played well and just like one thing goes wrong at the wrong time and they end up taking the L or they end up falling apart at the end of the game or, you know, Jacob Markstrom has struggled pretty mightily this season so far. Although I don't think that he was the issue in this game.
1: Yeah, That Kuzi goal, what did you think of the Kuzi goal? The one on three, he kind of slid it under Markstrom's pants, but I felt like that was kind of lackadaisical D too.
0: Yeah, I thought... If you go one on three and score, even if you're as talented as Evgeny Kuznetsov, the defense didn't do a good job. But at the same time, Markstrom's got to get that pad down. Like it's it's one thing with I know originally I watched the Capitals feed and uh, Beninati was saying that he thought that he went around Markstrom. That would be one thing, or like going five hole. But to go underneath the pad, I think that's that's not great. That's the one goal I thought it would have been great to get a save there from Markstrom.
1: It was iffy. And then, um, yeah, Luchik taking that uh, interference penalty and and oh. scored. Oh, that, I thought the comeback was on then. I was really worried. Again, the Caps have been awful this year. Uh, as somebody who loves the team, uh, maybe they should have started kind of a youth injection this year, but they kind of double-tripled down on uh, their veteran players, and they have paid the consequences dearly this year uh again so like I, I am surprised as heck that i'm here talking to you from uh you know a three nothing shutout win I, I just did not see that coming at all uh, <laughs> but um yeah I, I really thought the the comeback was on after that and then it was a penalty uh and a power play for the caps the other way and then ov scored on it right and so um if so it was just, that was just a big that was just a big swing um and uh i don't know i don't know if you saw it but uh uh, Alex Ovechkin's uh, oldest son, Ovi Jr., who's like a prodigy at hockey. Uh, his, Ovi's wife is in Russia, but his son was at the game, and so after he scored, he high fived his son through the glass a few times, and I thought that that was really awesome.
0: Yeah, so. that was that was really cool. I'm, I mean, you you and I are both dads, so I think we're probably yeah, oh, both yeah. suckers for like the kid <laughs> player interactions. I know, like we saw it a bunch during the, the playoff run with the Montreal Canadiens a couple years ago with Carey Price and his daughters. Uh, that was really special. Or when he came back last year after injury mm-hmm. and his family was joining in, the, in there. So like that stuff is just, it's so special. And I did write down, I wanted to ask you a question. Just see if you could uh, oh. give me an over under on Ovi. He's got 791 goals right now. Do you think his total goals for his career is over the combination of Steven Stamkos and Matt Duchesne or under? <laughs>
1: Okay, so Stamkos has he he is over five hundred now, right? Not quite. Uh, okay, but well he's about to be. Uh, yeah. Oh god. Over? I'm gonna say over.
0: He's one over the combination of Steven Stamkos <laughs> and Matt Duchene.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my god, it's wild. You know, like watching him as a, as a fan uh, and, and a and a reporter all these years is it's been it's been extremely. It's hard to really – like, I think when he hits 800, it's going to hit a lot of people that, holy F, this guy is in a league of his own and he's approaching Gretzky and it's very likely now that he's going to pass the record. But it's been – he's just every night like even this season he's kind of struggled but it's been mostly because of the team like he's been still playing his same self he hasn't been he hasn't had as many shots maybe this year as in past years but I think that's just because other people aren't creating offense but uh just watching him play it's it's every night he he has chances he buries it like on the power play tonight it was just it was kind of like had a ripper from the left circle and he scored on it and it's It's kind of a casual thing now, but it's just incredible how consistent he's been able to be even going into his mid to late 30s, just like we are. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes,
0: (laughs) point taken. Point taken. I mean, I'm a couple years younger than Ovi, and I don't think I can rip anywhere close to that. So, uh, not that there's ever a competition, but yeah, he's still scoring at half a goal a game. You know, Uh, he's not shooting at anywhere highly above his career average you know I I think actually the last few years he's actually yeah going back to like 2017 he's pretty consistently shot at above his career average it seems like he's changed his game a little bit I remember writing an article about OV back in geez it must have been probably about 2017 I think that was the year where he started playing with Kuznetsov a bit more yeah. And there was a big change in his game from like almost all of his goals the previous couple of years were coming off of like the cycle or four checking plays off the power play. And that year he kind of brought the youth back a little bit and started scoring off the rush a lot more. Yeah. Playing with Kuznetsov. And now he's got a change again. He's playing with Strom a lot, right? Yeah.
1: And it but, seems like
0: the different combination of centers, he just finds different ways. Yeah to be himself and grab like different eras of ovechkin and
1: just get it done it's so true you know i would even say too that um he's he's actually struggled a little bit with Strome because i guess he's a little bit slower of a skater um i think the biggest thing five on five Ovi hasn't had a great year five on five but it's not him they're missing tom wilson tom wilson is out until december and uh you know i know he's a lightning rod for criticism but uh, I don't think Tom Wilson necessarily gets enough credit for how good of an offensive player he is. And I'm not even saying like, you know, goals and assists, which he is producing like 20 goals, 20 plus, but like it's the amount of space that he brings on the ice and he's able to make high level plays. Last year, I think Obi was leading uh, five on five goals and points for like the first couple months of the season. So the fact that he's still a point per game player with all this chaos at 5-on-5 five five this year has been really impressive to me. I think it just speaks to how great he's been even this year, even though the team just is – the high-level talent has just kind of been injured around him. And so uh, – and he's not even playing with Kuzi, which I think is kind of uh, the better fit for him. But they just – they haven't been able to find that winger that gives them space because, uh, you know, I don't think Kuzi and Ovi are going to go in and be forechecking hard in the corners. You know what I mean? They're more of a rush players, uh, you know, high-level players who, who kind of make – you know, cross cross uh, ice passes, things like that, to score. So um, yeah, it's it's been a really interesting season for them from that standpoint. But he's he's just the same as he's ever been before, and it just it doesn't make it it doesn't make any sense. He should be getting worse. He should be falling off due to age, but he hasn't. You know, Gretzky did. I watched him fall off, and 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 so um, it's going to be interesting to see how long this lasts and and how far he can take until he's forty. So.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really fun to see him actually chase down that record. When it gets close, you know, every game is going to be extremely hype. And it just doesn't seem to be falling off, really. Like, I know that he's made sacrifices in his game as he's gotten older to continue to produce at the level that he does. You know, like, early in his career, he was, like, a play driver extraordinaire, and now he's mostly there to score goals, but, uh, and you know, frankly, set them up too. he's, uh, added some playmaking in the last couple of years that has been really impressive, but he's yeah. like the offensive engine, not only, but mostly nowadays. Whereas when he came into the league, he just did everything right. Like he almost had a huge defensive yeah. impact yeah. just by how dominant he was on the puck blowing people up. Uh, and tonight, <laughs> you know, he kind of got like lost, in the shuffle a little bit in terms of like he didn't have a very standout game but then every time he got the puck you're like oh that's oetchkin there he is it's again.
1: crazy it's crazy I know. tonight he wasn't I, I wouldn't even say he was super notable tonight and like you said he just he still got a goal uh because of that shot the shot is just you know he is just uh he reminds me of, of brett hall back in the day where later in his career he just figured out how to use that slap shot uh and he could just score like and i remember brett hall scored a to of the ice but Ovi it just rips them you know yeah i think it's hard for goalies to pick up how hard he shoots um and and the angle and it's and it's just been incredible yeah so um, yeah just a, a very a very fun game for me to watch <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, uh, James Johnson in the chat says Milan Lucic slander when, so, you know what? I live to please, <laughs> I live to please, but I will say for those of you in the chat right now, if you're enjoying the show and you enjoy Peter and Audie in this game over Calgary situation, we got going here, it's, I mean, frankly, they're better than the team so far this year. It's, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, damning with faint praise, I guess, but, uh, it's not untrue. Hit the like button on these this YouTube stream, because it helps us, it helps us go through the algorithm there on YouTube, helps us be recommended to people who are Flames fans, who are browsing YouTube, help us grow the show. And if you really like the show, hit that share button. Put us on your favorite social media, and not after the show, right now. The more people who are in here, the more we can interact with them, the more fun we can have. So help us out, throw that stuff up on your favorite social media, hit the like button, smash the subscribe button for the SDPN YouTube channel, Click that little bell because, you know, YouTube has to make it needlessly complicated that subscribing once isn't enough, so you got to sup- subscribe two times. Help us out. So Milan Lucic, we're going to slander him. <laughs> God, he is terrible.
1: Why for, is he still in the league, frankly? I, uh, I mean, he's just a big waste of space.
0: Like, for years, like his scoring disappeared, right? But he was still... Like a somewhat decent play driver, or like around the time that he was first traded to Calgary. Even last year, he had some value. Now he's like worse than the team by every metric. And I know he didn't get a ton of ice time tonight, but it felt like he did because every time he was out there, the game slowed to a crawl to try to, like, whenever he had the puck, it was like, and chug, chug, chug. Like the, The train had to get going from a standstill every time. It was brutal to watch. And then we talked about it already, that penalty that, (laughs) you know, I don't know if Calgary was going to mount a comeback because I don't think they were playing particularly well, but that penalty swung the game completely. It was over after that.
1: Yeah, I felt like that was the end right there. And uh, he seems like to me like an artifact of what uh, GMs thought the, like a good NHL wasn't like 2004 to me, you know what I mean? Like hooking and holding and grabbing and scrums after every whistle and, and having to be physical and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, I remember when Tom Wilson was drafted, they were like, this guy, this guy could be like Milan Lucic, but uh, you know, I feel like he's miles ahead of him now. (laughs) But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't don't know, man. I, I, I don't really understand, um, you know, he's just one of those guys. I think he's won a Stanley Cup. He has that experience. People try to uh, you know kind of like make him more than what he is at this part of his career, which is unfortunate. You know the only thing you can do is really just you know try and try and create ca- havoc in front of the net and on the boards and, and get physical. but yeah, I mean, the, the NHL is so fast right now. It's almost why I, I struggle with the caps, is that there's such a, an older veteran team, That when they play teams like the Colorado Avalanche, they they don't even look like they're in the same, you know, they just don't even, the talent doesn't even seem like it's, it's remotely similar. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When you play against a truly fast team, that's not just like a fast skating team, but a fast executing team, Yeah. like the New Jersey Devils this season, it's truly scary what they can do to a slow team. And, you know, Calgary is not the slowest team. They have, they're a big team, but. They've got some guys who can skate and some smart guys like Tyler Toffoli, who I thought was pretty great tonight, uh, who kind of are able to play a fast game through his brain. Like his hockey sense allows him to play a fast game. But he's not the swiftest skater. But Lucic, it's sad because at least like when you're a coach, you're like, okay, well, this guy's strong. He's big. He's going to at least like get on the boards and win some puck battles. He couldn't even win a puck battle tonight because he was yeah. too slow. Like yeah. he'd go in there, and the battle's already over by the time he gets to the boards. Like he couldn't even keep his stick engaged. And, it and, was, it was a, it was a rough ride.
1: Yeah, and it was against an older Capitals team that's not a great skating team either. So that's that's saying a lot. So uh, yeah, yeah, man. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. So what do you see? How do you see the Flames doing? They're kind of middling in their division, right? Um, this was kind of a big loss for them because you know I, I, there's been a lot of sayings that like you know at Thanksgiving where a lot of teams are that's usually where they finish uh, towards the end of the year in the standings and like I'm already really worried about the Caps they're they're about four they're about four teams behind the second wild card right now.
0: Yeah, I think with the Flames, I am willing to give them more time just because of the like crazy uprooting they had to do to their top six in the offseason, right? Like, uh, not only losing Goudreau, but then losing uh, Kachuk at the same time, replacing them with Kadri and Huberdeau. And neither of them, I think, have given the performance that you expect of them. Like, I watched Huberdeau in particular tonight, and I just thought he was fighting the puck a lot. And Kadri, in a game that at times got a little bit physical, I, I didn't see the fire from him that i expected to see both guys i i think you got to give them a little bit of time to to become full-time flames in a way but overall it doesn't seem like they're great fits at this moment and i wonder if that's part of the issue with like daryl sutter there was a lot of talk last year about how like Daryl Sutter has like modernized his systems for the modern NHL and the flames played a fast paced game and they were able to score at will. Whereas like his LA Kings teams were teams that dominated possession, but it was all like perimeter shots and like high slot at best. They couldn't really get into the middle. And I'm wondering if part of the issue for this flames team is they're looking a little bit like LA at the end of the Sutter regime. And that is something they need to work on drastically. I went and looked into the the roster a little bit just to do some research before I hosted a show on the Calgary Flames. And what I noticed is that a lot of the guys who are leading them in possession are like their shutdown guys, right? Mm -hmm. You've got Toffoli there up high, but like everyone who played with him, played for Sutter in LA seems to get a lot of minutes, which for Toffoli, that's good. For Lucic, not so good. But uh, it it seems like the guys that he relies on are like his guys and they're doing well. But then you've got like Kadri Manjapane, who we know are really good players. Even Lindholm who like his numbers are okay, but not great. Huberto. It's like they almost haven't fallen into that system this year and they're not getting any great results from it. And we know they're good players. So like eventually that should change, but. It, you know it I, doesn't look right right now
1: one thing one thing i was thinking was that that just from observing them just today is they seem to struggle with having an identity and you know a lot of times when teams are down you know two goals three goals they'll throw out guys they'll have they'll have certain plays that they run they'll be able to create huge scoring chances or high danger chances just because everybody's being more aggressive and it just seemed like they were it was a morass on the ice. Like it just didn't, it didn't seem like they could push it when they wanted to push it that much. Uh, and even in the first period when they're out shooting the capitals and I thought came out pretty quick, um, it was still pretty much to the perimeter. And so it just yeah. seems like, it just seems like they're struggling with an identity right now. I can I totally see that with all the off season moves, um, you know, and, and sometimes some guys, uh, you know, from my experience in the past, seeing guys coming in to new teams, a lot of times, they might have been more passengers or, or guys that benefited from the team at large or certain parts of the system. And and you just wonder, you know, it's going to take time for them to find their spots uh, with Daryl Sutter. And um, that's kind of what I saw as, uh, as a guy observing the flames for the first time. And, um, You know, Markstrom, you know, again, you know, he has to make bigger saves too. And, you know, in a road game, uh, you know, I guess the Capitals are playing pretty well. You know, when you don't get those big saves and you can't score, it's just it's deflating,
0: you know? Yeah, 100%. And, like, Markstrom, I feel like this season has not been great. But in this one, like, he made some pretty big saves uh, throughout the game. It's just, like, obviously the koozie one you want. But, again, like, letting him get through there. Who's more at fault? The defensive structure or the goaltender and when you're a daryl sutter team i feel like nobody should be able to go one on three (laughs) score the
1: the flames the flames were kind of like looking at kus like oh he's not gonna do oh he's trying something (laughs) he's
0: gonna do it oh my god No, No.
1: you can kind of see the panic uh in slow motion you know uh yeah and koozie is you know this was also a pdo game for the capitals and by what i mean by that is that the capitals shooting percentage especially november has been awful they've been really unlucky and this seems kind of like a lucky game a little bit for them shooting wise and so uh you can i I almost feel like you can kind of chalk it up to that i don't want to be that guy you know but uh, i felt like they they were kind of luckier in some of those the shots they scored on and um, so, so yeah, it was just, it was a very one-sided tilt and I, I did not expect that at all.
0: Yeah. If anything, and, I thought it'd
1: be the flames. So yeah.
0: Right. Like yeah. with the way the season's gone for the capitals, you expect, you know, you're running yeah. into a team that has great structure that they're going to come in and kill you, but they weren't able to do that. They weren't able to establish their their themselves. And when you were talking about with identity, with, with teams that struggle, <laughs> sorry, with identity, everybody's struggling through these
1: yeah. respiratory
0: viruses. Too, right now. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. I find a lot of times teams that struggle with identity have either big shakeups in the roster, or they went into the playoffs as like a really good competitive team. And at some point in the playoffs, they just got their asses completely handed to them. And the flames had both of those things happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. They had that series against the Oilers where they started out. They looked incredible. And then from the second period in the first game onwards, the Oilers just lit them the hell up and the flames could not find an answer defensively or in goal frankly because markstrom was rough for the edmonton oilers and then you had that shakeup in the off season i'm wondering if like everyone should have expected the flames to struggle to start this season because yeah. the fact is both those things happened and it, it's hard to recover from that so even though it may look like on paper you know adding huberto Kadri and wegar uh on instead of kachuk and goudreau is like a net slight positive it takes time for that to percolate and become a team again
1: yeah and i think you also see in the adversity in these moments uh i think the team will probably likely see what they need and also you know adversity sometimes brings the best out of people and hopefully in this situation you know huberto and and um you know they can kind of like rise up to the occasion a little bit more as the season goes a little bit deeper but you know i wouldn't write them off at this point but yeah it's you know you can kind of tell that they're scuffling
0: yeah my kids just came home from the school so if uh, somebody jumps into the picture that's what's <laughs> going Oh that's,
1: that's good
0: <laughs> yeah i just heard uh, yeah, daddy and, and down
1: here down here in america down here in America, we get the day off on black Friday for some reason. So
0: yeah, we don't, it's, it's thankful. I'll be honest. We've had enough long weekends already with, with how sick everyone is and how, uh, how how much work we have. It's school and daycare are great. inventions.
1: I'll tell you a quick, funny thing really quick is that, so, you know, my son is uh, really young and this is his first year of school. He's going into kindergarten. And um, the other week, he was one of four kids in his kindergarten to win an adversity award for how he bounces back and handles issues and problems. And it was really funny to me, you know, he, my son is like that, but it was really funny to me because he missed like nine to 10 days of the first term because he was so sick uh, because of the pandemic down here and everybody not really being exposed to germs on the regular. I feel like uh, all these kindergartners are really struggling with, with sickness. Yep. And so um yeah, it's it it's been it's been crazy, you know. Just just as a world, you know, just going through it right now. we're it, it's it's it feels like once we're past one thing, it's another thing. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, you know, if anyone else out there is feeling frustrated or or, or down by all this, like uh, just know there's a lot of people out there that are struggling with the same stuff, and and we're with you. So.
0: Hundred percent. It's like. At once ext- incredibly frustrating, but also kind of unifying that yeah, everybody's, everybody's feeling it right between that yeah. and inflation and yeah. your team sucking. <laughs> you know, a lot of people can Definitely come together. That, that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, Very depressing time this year. Yeah, I did want all, to mention all these smiles. All these smilers are taking all of my emotional strength.
0: <laughs> hi, buddy. <laughs> Both of them want to come in. All right. Come here, Miles. Come here. Hi. All right. This is Miles.
1: He's two nice. and a half. Nice to meet you.
0: you Want to say hi, Miles?
1: Hi, Miles. Nice to meet you, sir.
0: How's daycare, buddy? Good. Good?
1: Good. I was playing. You were playing? I
0: was calling. Like this. Hello? You were calling. Yes, I heard you calling.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: What a cutie. <laughs> yeah, they're both great. They're great kids love to cough in my face and that's why I sound Oh like oh
1: this. yeah you know again let's get totally gross i got pink eye uh this morning cuz my son was like he comes into bed sometimes and is scared you know cuz of the dark and uh he cough right in my face this morning i woke up pink eye i was like oh this is great this Oh,
0: is great. fun <laughs> so, times fun feel, times yeah, so uh, gross the other thing i wanted to mention was uh, Lars Eller who i'm i've been a big fan of for a very long time as he started Oh yeah his let's career, talk about him cuz with the Canadians, very
1: complicated right now yeah that,
0: go ahead hilarious chance where he goes in one-on-one and slashes the guy's stick, take a shot. And the announcers are laughing and you see him come around the net after, and he's laughing too. And he does like the shrug. Like it looked like he was looking at the ref, like you going to call it. Like I had the puck. Is it a slash still? I love yeah. that cheekiness.
1: Yeah. I, so Careful. Lars, Dylan, but so Lars is a great, uh, so like from my perspective, so, you know, I know he played for Montreal for a while and uh Lars is one of those guys that plays uh, a great two-way game we're kind of seeing him on the latter end of his career uh in washington I, he's in the last year of his deal but he's been great this year and um they've been putting him with anthony mantha and and maybe a, at a stronger left wing too it seems like they've kind of been loading up on the third line to kind of uh give him some more support i think he's lost a little bit of his legs but yeah he does stuff like that in games sometimes and you just laugh because you know stick checking a guy and yeah you know if you would have broke the defenseman's stick I would have been interested if they would have called a slash there I would have never I've never seen that before where a guy will hack a guy to get a shot off it was clever it was really it clever. Was clever I've never seen it
0: I I love it I love it that's that's he always does weird stuff like that like I I've always thought Eller is a very smart player he was yeah. very uh like unfairly criticized in Montreal yeah. guys a little bit too much banging. They've got like toy symbols because of course they know I'm recording and they're like, let's do the noisiest possible thing. <laughs> but, uh, it's funny you say Eller towards the latter half of his career, the latter bit of his career. Cause like, that just makes you feel so old.
1: I know. Right. <laughs> right? I,
0: don't know. I was like, just starting writing when uh, Eller came into the league, right. When the Canadians traded for Lars Eller It's like my first season covering the Canadians was, uh, well, I, I shouldn't bring this up. Cause just, you're a Capitals fan, but I believe it was the 0910 season.
1: Oh God, not that year. Yeah, so we
0: won't we won't bring up what happened that year for for Capitals fans enjoying this. But uh, I will ask you before we close out, Ian. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did want to ask. I never asked you before. Yeah. The Russian machine never breaks. Uh, yeah. The site that you work for, you help found. Was that something that you guys came up with and just caught on forever, or was it a phrase that you guys saw and were like, "This is perfect. Let's take this."
1: Well, I. I... There's been a lot of magic with our site that I feel like has been outside of our control. Uh, I do wanna say that like, um, I, I will be open about this is that one of the reasons why I even blog is that, so I went to art school. I'm not, I'm not necessarily a trained technical writer though I, I feel like I'm pretty good now. Um, one of the things was I had a relationship that went sour. And one of the things that I told myself after that relationship was that I should dedicate one hour of my time every day no matter what's going on around me to being creative and so uh, I created a baseball site uh, called Matt Wieters Facts that went nuts and I had always loved hockey the most since uh, like seven or eight here in uh, in Maryland, and so I love the Capitals. They're my favorite team. Ted Leonsis, uh, he gets a, a big credit. He was he was probably the owner that was most open to bloggers uh, coming mm. to games, and a lot of that was because the national press, even now, doesn't I I feel like doesn't give them enough coverage, and so you know I think Ted Ted for me made it feel like well if I do this at a high high enough level and it's good enough then we could be treated like everybody else. So I think that was one thing. The name uh, came from, uh, so basically Ovi in 2006, uh, basically he took a shot off his foot again in a coyote, in a coyotes game. And the next day at practice, uh, someone asked him if, if, if he was gonna play. And he said, uh, I'm okay, Russian machine never breaks. And he said it in that act heavy accent to be funny. And so that kind of caught on in capitals land um and for us that phrase for us means creative fun uh fun hockey writing uh things like that like we we want to we want to capture an experience where uh you know it's like our writing is as captivating and as fun as the game uh and so we i would say like we we did well in the beginning but and we had a lot of support but i think the thing that really shook us over the top and i don't know if you know this is that um, in 2013, I think 13, um, we were covering Evgeny Kuznetsov while he was playing in the KHL for Tractor, Chelyabinsk, And, uh, we had a Russian correspondent and he said, uh, there was like an explosion or something crazy in Chelyabinsk, And he told us this at midnight our time. We are like, uh, we should probably start covering this. So we started translating it and kind of doing an hour by hour, you know, like minute by minute update and ended up being the Chelyabinsk Meteor. Oh, wow. And so we ended up uh, being the first site to cover that in English so and we had just like enlisted in Google News like a month before and so we got I forget how many pages it was like millions and millions of pages and it, uh, the next day like the Atlantic which is a big site down here uh wrote a story about how a uh, DC sports blog beat the AP on the biggest like space story in a century and so um and so we, we we went on TV and, and Leons. we work with the Capitals on their TV show after that. And uh, like we doubled or tripled our hits after that. And it's been kind of magical since then. Ovi follows us on Instagram now. A bunch of the players do. Um, I saw Bax from the other day. He was like excited to see me, which was weird, you know. <laughs> so it, it, weird in a sense that like, you know, we, we don't make a lot of appearances at practice, but everybody knows who we are. And so yeah. um, it's been an incredible journey and, and lucky you got to be lucky to be good right and so um and then steve dangle of course he's a part of it too just with some of the silly bets he's done and the support we've gotten from you and other people so i seriously i like i'm i'm just grateful and thankful to be able to do this full time and uh i'm grateful to be on the show today and and talk to flames fans
0: well i'm so grateful that you came on today because i know it's a holiday weekend you know kids are at home and I love you man afternoon game it's it's a it's a tough one to come on for so I I truly do appreciate it and thanks to everyone for tuning in here and listening to me talking about the Calgary Flames if you think I was too harsh on them you know let me know in the comments I feel like uh, this team just has so much more to give than what they're given right now and uh, hopefully they find that at some point in this season because I want to see Audie and Peter in the playoffs again and uh, hopefully Ian and his Washington Capitals can get there too. Thanks so much for uh, joining us here today, especially to Ian. Follow him at Ian Olin on Twitter. There's his uh, link to Twitter. It should be in the bio for this video. And also check out Russian Machine Never Breaks because it's, they're fantastic. They've been around forever for a reason. They're huge. So uh, check it out there. Audi and Peter will be back. Or I don't know who will be back. Uh, Audi or Peter will be back for the next game. And uh, I'll be back on Game Over Montreal. You won't have to see my mug again for a little while. But if you enjoyed seeing it, make sure you click Like. Make sure you click Subscribe. Share this video. Share the playlist that has all the videos. Subscribe on Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, enjoy the rest of the season on Game Over Calgary. We'll see you again later on.
1: See you, guys. Game Over! Powered
0: by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.